0: The White Sox are selling. Are the Marlins buying? Could there be a good fit for both Dylan Cease and Luis Robert with the Marlins? Do the Marlins have the ammo to make any sort of deals? Could be some options here, some rumors. This is Locked On Marlins. You are Locked On Marlins, your daily podcast on the Miami Marlins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings from England and welcome to Locked on Marlins. It's your daily Marlins podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt. Hit me up, of course, on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Miami Marlins underscore UK. If you're listening to the pod, of course, hit subscribe. This is your team every day. And thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. It is Monday, the 20th of November. Uh, There is a YouTube channel, of course, so make sure you hit subscribe over there, too. Uh, get yourself in the comments as well. That is a lot of fun. This episode is sponsored by FanDuel. You can make every moment more. Right now, new customers get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets with any winning five dollar money line bet. That's one hundred and fifty bucks if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com/lockedon to get started. Guys, hope everyone's doing well. It's Monday, the twentieth of November. This week, I just want to call out a few scheduling elements here. This week is going to be a little bit spotty in terms of podcast availability, primarily because I am headed to Rome in Italy uh, on Thursday, uh, celebrating my birthday. my My good wife tara has uh, has booked a surprise trip that she finally had to reveal to me so I could pack accordingly. So I'm looking forward to that one. means that things are going to be a bit spotty this week, but I will try my best to have you guys covered. Likely, there'll be a flurry of activity before Thursday and then maybe a mop-up on a Sunday. So just a scheduling note on that one, guys. Nevertheless, let's dig into it. And there's going to be a secondary episode today as well. Well, hot on the heels anyway, uh, where the UK GOAT Sean Barrett is back uh, for tomorrow's official episode, where we're going to look at the Marlins' moves, roster moves and some acquisitions that they have made in the past couple of days. So we're going to dig into that with Sean. However, today I wanted to focus with this solo pod uh, on the Chicago White Sox. And something popped up on Twitter a few days ago where the Marlins were being linked to trade conversations around Dylan Cease. And I have to say, it kind of surprised me. But, I mean, I don't know how aggressive the Marlins are being in this pursuit potentially for Dylan Cease, but it did get me thinking about Dylan Cease, so I thought we should spend some time considering who is Dylan Cease, uh, what would he bring to the Marlins, and do they have the the ammo if they wanted to acquire Dylan Cease, and what would they be acquiring? Secondly, we also have to talk about Luis Robert. If the White Sox are going full-blown reboot, then Lewis Robert could and should be one of the guys they potentially look to move. Well, maybe if we have time, consider a former White Sox that was, uh, that was released uh, in Tim Anderson. I did spend some time talking about Tim Anderson a few weeks back. So that'll be a light dusting, I would say, of Tim Anderson. The meat and potatoes of this episode is primarily Dylan Cease and Luis Robert. Just to call it out, by the way, there are no rumors linking the Marlins with Luis Robert at all at this point. But the question will be is, should there be some consideration from the Marlins? And what could a package look like? Many people already thinking now, Pete, the Marlins have not got the ammo to go and get Luis Robert from the White Sox. Well, I think they have. I think they absolutely have. And I'm going to talk about that after the first ad. However, let's start with the pitching side. Let's start with Dylan Cease. So, firstly... For Dylan Cease, should the Marlins be in the market for a starting pitcher? The answer to that is yes, by the way. So we know, we know that Sandy's out. Sandy needs to be replaced. Sandy's irreplaceable in many ways. But Sandy, Sandy's innings need to be replaced. The Marlins absolutely cannot trust Trevor Rogers at this point. Johnny Cueto obviously is not back. The Marlins can trust Jesus Lazardo. They can trust... Braxton Garrett. They have some trust issues with Eddie Cabrera, for sure. They have many issues, potentially, with, with Max Meyer, in that there's obviously a lot of unknown there. They have even more issues with Sixto Sanchez. I mean, that is... I mean, I can't think of a player with any any fewer issues than <laughs> Sixto. They also have issues with Yuri Perez, And those issues, again, link to innings. So the Marlins have issues. They have issues, baby. They have starting pitching issues. And even the guys that they trust, in Jesus Lozado and Braxton Garrett, and they trust Yuri Perez, but they still have issues with him linked to his innings. Even those guys, the two guys that are trusted, there'll likely be times where they're missing. They'll likely, one of the two of them, will probably have a spell on the injured list at some stage next year. That's just the way it works. Major League Baseball is speeding up games. They're asking the pitchers to move at a faster pace. And it's fair to say injuries were up last year. They've shaved off even more time when there's a runner on base. They've trimmed that down. They're continually getting these pitchers to work at a faster pace. It's leading to more injuries. So we should expect that there will be injuries. The Marlins simply cannot look at this and think we have a five man rotation, that is fine. And we got a couple of guys at AAA if needed. They're going to need 10 starters probably during the year, maybe more. I don't know. So the Marlins absolutely should be in the market for a starting pitcher or two potentially. And I think I do wonder if, like, that's without Dylan Cease, not specifically about him, he's a straight up starter. And we'll, we'll talk about his quality shortly. There's no reason why the Marlins shouldn't be considering a guy that could potentially provide long innings out of the bullpen, that could well flick into a starter. They had success with that last year. Braxton Garrett started that way last year. So there's no reason why they couldn't consider a guy that has that type of profile, a long man that could transition to the rotation if needed. We've just seen the Bravos today have announced a deal for Reynaldo Lopez He's a guy that's flicked between starter and reliever. The plan is maybe to stretch him out from the Braves' perspective. So he's absolutely the type of guy. He's kind of done both roles. Matt Moore, Marlins legend from last year, he's done both roles historically. So I do wonder, particularly with the way that the Rays operated and mixed and matched guys all over the show, I do wonder if the Marlins kind of lean quite heavily into that type of profile. However, Dylan Cease is not that profile. What do you get with Dylan Cease? Well, you get one thing. Well, you get quite a few things with Dylan Cease, but the one thing that stands out to me is the magical thing the Marlins are looking for, and that is innings, baby. The body of work from Cease is absolutely there. That may mean that 2024, there could be higher risk with that one. Like we saw with Sandy, sometimes they have a little bit too much too many innings on that arm. So Cease has had 32 or more starts in the last three seasons. He is proven in terms of the length. His his length is proven. He's He's gone between 165 to 185 innings of work in the past three seasons. And that is the main thing with Dylan Cease. You get length and the Marlins need length. They need innings. And Dylan Cease based on what we've seen in the past three seasons, will give them that. What about beyond the innings? It's all well and good throwing innings, but if you aren't getting out or you're walking too many guys, then there's going to be a problem. So with Dylan Cease, everyone will think to, hey, yeah, Dylan Cease, he's an absolute stud, right? I think that's the funny thing with Cease. You mentally go there and think, he's an ace. Dylan Cease is an ace. Well, I don't think Dylan Cease is an ace. He had one campaign that was ace-like, very ace-like, because he was second in Cy Young voting in 2022. That was Dylan Cease's year. He pitched like an ace in 22. The rest of his career, not so much. We're going to dig into the number, dump, dig into the numbers in greater detail after this, but. It's time to let you know about our good friends over at FanDuel. Yes, sir. Guys, you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use, has a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, guys, welcome back on Monday, the 20th of November with me, Peter Pratt, of course, on Locked on Marlins, your team every day. And again, thanks for making Locked on Marlins your first listen of the day. And to the everydayers joining me every single day, And following the Marlins, not just through the regular season, but into the offseason. where this is the fun time. This is the fun time. This is all about hyperbole and speculation. Trying to work out what the Marlins could and should do. Probably what they won't do. They'll check in on everyone, maybe. But we'll see. Anyway, back to Dylan Cease. We're talking Dylan Cease here. And as I've mentioned, many people will mentally have that connection with Dylan Cease, kind of like I did, that he is an ace. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disqualify that. I believe that to be a false assessment. Dylan Cease is not an ace. No. One year of ace-like production, the rest, okay. The body of work has been there. The innings have been there. However, the innings, I would say, have not. In the main, been of the highest caliber. So, what do you get? He had his career year, as I mentioned, in 2022. But in my opinion, Dylan Cease is a pre-rule change guy. He's a four ERA guy. That's who he is. Now the new rules are in place. I've bumped it up half a tick. So in my opinion, Dylan Cease is now a four and a half ERA type of guy. Pretty much all starting pitchers have taken that tick upwards with the shift changes, the rule changes. It's hurt the starting pitching. You can't get away from that. So, Dylan Cease, what is he and what type of guy is he? Fastball's good. The fastball velo is good. He misses bats and he strikes out guys. However, he has command issues, guys. Not quite as pronounced as Eddie Cabrera. Not quite. However, when you look at his 2023 season, what was his whip? His whip was 1-4-1-8. By comparison, Eddie Cabrera... It was worse, but it was 1.44. 144 whip versus Dylan Cease's one four one eight. It's not a lot in that. There's not a lot in there. So the walk issues are real with Dylan Cease. For certain, the talent, the ceiling. Dylan Cease has showed us his ceiling. The floor is significantly lower than the ceiling. The variance is high. and the body of work suggests you are more likely to get the floor with Dylan Cease. How many years of control does he have, Pete? He has two years of team control. He's projected to make around about eight, eight and a half million in his second year of arbitration this offseason. So if the Marlins do make a, what I believe to be, surprising move to acquire Dylan Cease, then there will be eight, eight and a half million this year. And let's say, I don't know, 12 to 13 to 14 million potentially the year after, somewhere in that range. So it's a decent commitment from the Marlins um, for sure. Dylan Cease should absolutely be traded this offseason by the White Sox, in my opinion. Um, I mean, it's just a matter of time with Dylan Cease. He will be moved. It feels like he's been connected to the Dodgers, to the Yankees, to the Bra- Like he's connected to everyone. Everyone is thinking about Dylan Cease. But when you look at his overall body, the body, I would say, is a little bit underwhelming. Yes, the strikeouts are there, and that's pretty sexy. The moustache looks pretty sexy. The age is good, and he did have that one campaign. But I, I'm feeling a touch underwhelmed by Cease, depending on the return. And considering many clubs will likely be in, I think the return could be a little bit too high to be honest with you. But it does bring the innings, and that is something that the Marlins will prioritize and will need. So should the Marlins, no, should the White Sox sell Dylan Cease? The answer to that is yes. He will be moved in the next three windows. One, two, three. Three windows, at least. Dylan Cease will be moved. Um, What should the Marlins expect? Four and a half ERA, 170 innings with a touch of command issues. And frankly, when I look at everything combined, I would strongly encourage the, Mar- encourage? encourage the Marlins not to overpay on this one. However, I can understand why they would be interested. What do you think, guys? Let me know. Am I underselling Dylan Cease? Or have we all fallen in love with Dylan Cease from 2022? And we're believing there's a buy low candidate here, even though the body of work suggests that Dylan Cease is more likely to be a four and a half ERA guy with a one four whip than the two something ERA guy and Cy Young candidate in 2022. We'll wait and see. But I like the fact that I'm hearing the Marlins engaging in trade conversations for starting pitching. They may need to move some starting pitching, too, to acquire some guys. It's all about moving guys around and churning this roster. This is going to be the MO of Peter Bendix. This roster is going to be twirling and carouseling like you won't believe. Um, the churn is going to be high. That's just the way the Peter Bendix will run this roster and this organization. So we should expect that. Let me know on Dylan Cease. I'm interested to get your take. Would you make a move for Dylan Cease? I think if the cost is right, maybe, but I think there are free agents out there that you could not have to trade for and give up assets and end up paying less to get a similar production. I think the Marlins should look to go down that pathway instead of going for the sexy name with the big trade package. Speaking of sexy names and big trade packages, This is another one that the Marlins and every club should be considering, frankly. And this guy, Luis Robert, is an absolute stud. Stud dude that does everything. He is under club control because he signed an extension with the White Sox for the next four seasons. It is affordable by anyone's standards, and that includes the Miami Marlins. The next year, so 2024... It is 12 and a half million. He then goes up to 15 million. There's then two club options at 20 million, 2 million buyout on both of those. Um, they are way undervalued for Luis Robert. He, he does it all, frankly, guys. He does it absolutely all in terms of power, center field defense, cost controlled, speed. The only knock with Luis Robert is that he has suffered injuries and that, that injury, the injuries suffered were primarily in 2021 and 2022. They were one of them particularly was like a wrist issue that pretty much took him out for a good chunk of, of 2021 in 2022, he's had like quad issues, hip hamstring, like a lot of lower body leg injuries as well with Lewis Robert. So The knock on Robert is the durability. However, when he is on the field, he is a top-level elite player. The Marlins should be inquiring on Luis Robert. Every club should be inquiring on Luis Robert at this point. So the question you will be asking yourselves and asking me are, Pete, how are we going to get Luis Robert? Actually, hold on a minute. What are the Marlins or what does Lewis Robert bring? And like I've said, he's an absolute stud at everything. He does everything well. Defense, power, contact, speed, control. It ticks every box. 38 home runs in 2023. 20 stolen bags. He is a career 279 hitter. He has a career 12 and a half war and a career 124 OPS plus. Lewis Robert... Is the real deal, guys. There is no question about it. No question. The only question is, can he stay on the field? So now we know what you get and you get everything with this guy. Will the White Sox sell him? Don't know. Is it too soon to sell him? Maybe. I feel like the package would stay similar in terms of value for at least another season. If they kept him for this year and then moved him with three years of control would that drastically change the package in return? Probably not. I think it just comes down to, do they find a trade partner and a deal that they like right now? When, when would they look to move him? Or would they just build around Luis Robert? I don't know, but it feels like a full-blown rebuild. A reset is happening in, in Chicago with the White Sox. So, if he is to be moved, do the Marlins have the ammo to go and get Luis Robert? And just as an FYI, he, he had a five-war campaign in 2023. Five-war campaign, Lewis Robert. Does he have the ammo to go and get him? On the face of it, probably not. Probably not with Robert. But if they were going to do a deal, and the other thing to call out for those that aren't aware of this, by the way, Lewis Robert plays an above-average center field defense. Just want to call that out. So if they were to go and get Lewis Robert, would that make Jazz Chisholm Jr. expendable at this point? Well, as I think about if the Marlins wanted to go in this direction, for me, the only way, not the only way, there's multiple ways, but one of the only and most obvious ways would be a return that saw Jazz Chisholm Jr. going the other way, to Chicago. That, for me, would be one consideration Jazz Chisholm has three years of club control remaining. Obviously, we already talked about it. Luis Robert, four years of club control. So the extra one year. If you remember, the Marlins did a similar type of thing with Pablo Lopez and Luis Urias, where they went and got that extra year of control on the guy. I'm not saying this is going to be a one-for-one swap. I don't think that is the case. I think if the Marlins wanted to get Robert, they could send jazz the other way, and they'd need to attach some intriguing pieces with jazz to make it happen for Robert. What those pieces could look like, I don't know. They could go in multiple ways. For me, there's a guy like a Max Meyer, big league ready, all of the club control, massive upside. There's a guy like guy like Trevor Rogers potentially. You know, a couple, couple of years of control on Trevor Rogers. You know, there's there's tons of ways that they can they could go about this. And frankly, I think it comes down to do the White Sox value Jazz Chisholm Jr.? And just for comparison, by the way, Jazz has a career six war, Robert, 12 and a half war. Jazz's career OPS plus is 103, Robert's is 124. Robert, right now, and the body of work that he has put out there, he has been a much more effective player overall than Jazz Chisholm Jr. I love Jazz Chisholm Jr. As everyone knows that listens to this pod, I think there is so much untapped potential with Jazz Chisholm Jr. There is an absolute stud there. There is a five-war campaign in Jazz Chisholm Jr. if he stays on the field. And frankly, I think if he does stay on the field, you will see very similar numbers to what Luis Robert has put up. So why would the Marlins make that move? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, and I think it comes down to a few things around their how they view jazz long term, what they think the possibility is regarding his contract status, what they think he can do in terms of keeping on the field, and how they like maybe his profile and off the field stuff as well. He definitely is a flamboyant personality. I, I see that as a as a positive, but I don't know how the Marlins feel about Jazzism Junior long term. And maybe the Marlins would at this point value the extra year of club control that Luis Robert could bring if indeed they were able to make this move. Guys, I think to be honest with you, we could see very similar years in 24 from Jazz and Robert. It wouldn't shock me at all. It wouldn't shock me if Robert missed a ton of 24 and it wouldn't shock me if so did Jazz. That's what history tells us with Jazz, that he will miss time. Would it be an upgrade for the Marlins if they went and acquired Luis Robert? The numbers tell us yes. The numbers suggest on the history and the body of work thus far, this would be an upgrade for the Marlins. They'd need to attach something with Jazz Chisholm Jr. to go and get Luis Robert. Should they do it? I don't know. I would lean to no at this point which when I reflect back on this podcast in general, it was considering the trade options with the White Sox for two studs. And I'm saying, I think the Marlins shouldn't do either. Then you have to ask the question of why I've done this podcast and whether it was pointless. (laughs) Nevertheless, guys, you let me know. Let me know what you're thinking. I think the Marlins, well, the Marlins are interested in starting pitching. I think Dylan Cease is someone they should consider because of the innings. Could they get those innings more cheaper elsewhere? I think so. Do they see Lewis Robert as an upgrade? Are the White Sox selling? Those are the questions. And if the answer to the White Sox are selling and the Marlins see Robert as an upgrade and the White Sox value Jazz Chisholm Jr., then there could be some interesting talks to be had. Guys, I appreciate you joining me on Locked on Marlins on Monday, the 20th of November. I'm glad to be back. I am looking forward to my birthday celebrations. There's going to be a lot of celebrating to do, but nevertheless, there's a lot of conversations to have around the Marlins and how they piece this roster together. So I look forward to seeing you tomorrow with the UK GOAT, Sean Barrett, as we dig into the non-tender situation and some moves the Marlins made uh, around that non-tender, tender deadline. I look forward to seeing you then.